Hey, welcome to another episode of Open Mic. We are excited that you're here with us today. My name is Jared, and I'm here with Logan, Coco, and Chloe. And we're going to talk about one of the things that we talk about pretty consistently and pretty often in young adult ministry, because I think it's on everybody's mind, and it's something that people struggle with and are thinking about, and that is sexual purity. And I want to start just by asking... Um, why Why is that important? Why is sexual purity something maybe the Bible even talks about and is something that uh, should matter to us? Well, I think of immediately 1 Corinthians 6.18, which says that all their sins a, a person commits are outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So sexually immoral, meaning that you are engaging in sexual activity that is outside of the design God has for you. And so if ultimately our goal is righteousness and godliness and holiness. And even further than that, uh, if our goal is physical, mental, and spiritual health, then we should be doing with sex what God has laid out in scripture. Yeah. Um, I think too, at the beginning of that verse, it says flee from sexual immorality. So we have to figure out how can we flee from sexual immorality and really pursue what the Lord has for us. Um, and he has boundaries in scripture for us in this realm of sex. And, um, and the reason he has boundaries is for our freedom. Mm -hmm. So I think really exploring that is, is super helpful. And I think I'm already going to maybe derail a little bit our direction, Take but it. here's the thing <laughs> is Fleeing from sexual immorality, that is hard to do in today's society, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. So we have to put up guardrails. If if Instagram is causing you to stumble, then we need to get away from it, right? If it's Netflix or whatever it may be, like we do need to flee from that. And I think the reason that we're so passionate about this topic and why we talk about it so much is because we see the fallout when God's plan is not designed. We've either seen that personally in our own lives or in the lives of other people. And our goal is that everyone in our community who's listening to this would be thriving spiritually and would be doing what God has called them to do. And uh, as much as the world right now is selling us that this uh, alternate vision for sexuality is best, that you're going to be healthiest and happiest this way, mm -hmm. that's just not true. Where you're going to be happiest, healthiest, most fulfilled is within God's plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was uh, watching a documentary that was talking about like the 60s. And the 60s was when the sexual revolution happened. And the sexual revolution said, uh, you know, the 60s or the 50s were uptight families that were back from the war that were just hap happy to be uh, not, you know, not at war with another country. The 60s came along and said, hey, we got to do something with this peace. And we're happy, we're healthy, we can do whatever we want. And, and the sexual revolution said, hey, take sex any way and any form that you can get it. There is no wrong way to have sex. Um, total liberation. I mean, liberty is one of the big words that came along with it. But the science and the psychology that came on the back end of the sexual revolution is that having unfettered, un uncontrolled sexual partners, sexual interactions with people is not good for not just your, your sexual health, but also your mental, emotional health, your mind, your thinking, that they were saying that it does bad things for you. So I think like one of the things that we often see is like, there is, this is not a neutral conversation. Mm -hmm. This is not like you can kind of go have sex if it's, if it's good, if you, if you're going to commit a relationship, it's good. Like, we have what God's word defines as what is okay for sex. God created sex to be between a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. And anything outside mm -hmm. of that, it is not 
what God intended. Mm -hmm. And we have to come to terms with that of, are we going to live on the, on the edges of, we're going to try to get it somewhere that's not that, or are we going to go, no, this is God's design and this is what I want for it. Um, and I'm going to submit to that. Yeah, I think it's important to take, like, we have to take this so seriously. Like, we've already talked about 1 Corinthians 6, um, 18, of how it says, like, we literally have to flee from it. Um, but later on down there in verse 19, it says, do you know that your body is a temple of the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit um, within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to do just that. Like, our body is not our own. It's the Lord's. And he, if we have, like, come to know him and like accepted him as our Lord and our savior, like his Holy spirit like dwells within us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really puts it into perspective for me is like, wow, like my body is a temple for his Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's so good. And I, I really think Jared, like what you were talking about, like with the sexual revolution, like our world is over sexualized yeah. everything. I mean, music, TV yeah, shows, like legitimately everything is talking about it. So we are inundated with, sex and I think that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is to like see a good thing that God has given to us as a gift and that's what he does he twists it to make it like make it evil and um John 10 10 says says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but God says I've come that they may have life and life to the fullest and so I think we have to be so on guard with this whole um you know, talk about sexual purity and, and how, how we as believers can stand strong and really pursue God. And when we pursue God, then we see what his word says that we need to fight against us. We need to be holy as God is holy. Um, and so thinking through like, how can we do that practically? Yeah. And, and what you said is right, Coco, our sex life or sexuality is a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole picture. And the problem is, is that we live in a society where that is the whole, like that's the whole picture for some people. And it's like God has given us this gift that is a piece of our relationship with the spouse, but it is not the entire picture of what's going on. And when you talk about we live in an over-sexualized world, we do live in a culture, and just like your dad says all the time, Pastor Eddie says, is that baits us to the edge mm -hmm. and then chastises us when we cross the line. Yeah. We live in a culture that baits us to the edge and then chastises us when we cross the line. Look at every politician that has fallen, and suddenly we're surprised that they did, and they're in every paper. Or we see this in all different uh, arenas and avenues, and it's one of those things, it's like, man, we act like it's so okay and fine and normal and do whatever pleases you until someone crosses the line, this perceived line that we have. And then we're like, man, this is the worst. And it's like, we, we have to, that would all be simplified if we would follow God's plan for our sexuality. And if you look at even sec secular research in regard to things dealing with sex, whether it's, uh, you know, look at kids growing up in a home without a father and the impact that that has on them. Go look at the research from secular entities and you see that uh, that's not part of God's plan, right? And, and the impact and the ramifications it has, the, the mental uh, side effects that someone who has survived, a woman who has survived sexual assault, what that does to someone's mind and the ramifications of that point to, this is a very serious thing. Mm -hmm. And it can seem, it is heavy, right? Let's acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And it is a tough topic at times, but it's an important one because God's plan helps alleviate all of these different struggles that are going on. 
Yeah, and one of the things that we kind of talked about that I think I think is different with a, with maybe even just a Christian community or people that follow Jesus and believe the Bible is how how do we start to have a vision for what it looks like to live a life that is sexually pure because that's not something we're getting somewhere else. How do we start to develop what what is a vision for sexual purity? Well, I do think community matters and is a big piece of it because when you see other people that are approaching health and are approaching sex in a healthy manner, that is going to then impact you. And so one of the ways we have that vision is through godly community. We talk about that. I think we talk about godly community on every episode, and there's a reason why. That's a reason why our ministry exists is one of, one of the reasons is because that is where you can grow and where you can flourish. And the second place we, I mean, the primary place we get the vision for it is God's word. And that's our standard of truth, right? We don't take, uh, we take God's word and it's the lens in which we see the world, right? We're not taking the world and applying it to scripture. We're taking scripture and applying it to the world. And that's really ultimately is from the scripture is where we get our vision for sex and sexuality. I think tying into that, like community, yes, there is a reason that we talk about it on every episode because it pours into every like topic um, of our lives and of our walk with the Lord. And I think um, with this topic, like having community around us, like if that is a struggle, like bring people into that, like confess. There's so much freedom when we um, confess and repent of these things and come to God with them, but also come to our community. And I think um, to ask for someone to keep us accountable in these things and check in with us. And there's just so much freedom when we come to our community um, and let them into that part of our lives if that's a struggle. What would you all say to the person who, like, man, they feel like they're in just entangled and entrapped in sexual sin, and they've got either a lot of baggage or a lot of struggle right now with that, and uh, maybe past hurt or pain that's with that. Maybe maybe it was inflicted upon them, or maybe it was something that they chose to engage in. What would you say to that person who's bringing in some baggage to this conversation? I mean, first of all, I, w- I would just think of in the Psalms, it says over and over that God is near to the brokenhearted mm. and saves those who are crushed in spirit. One of, one of the things that happens when you've failed in any aspect is that it's isolating. You don't, you don't, you win with a team and you lose alone is what yeah. it feels like. Mm. And when, when you feel like you've um, maybe you know, reached out to someone and offered them what you felt like was going to make the relationship better. Maybe that was sex. Maybe that was you, you thought that viewing an image and, and is going to make you feel better. And then you failed. It feels like failure because you felt like you, you let someone down. We don't know what that, that person is God ultimately, but it's also yourself. You know, that's not right, but God is near to you. God's not sitting back going like, Oh my gosh, how, how gross and disgusting. God knows you and he loves you. Even, even though, you have done something. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is amazing because I just, I, I feel like it's one thing to be loved. I love the celebrities, the artists, the people that I know, but I don't really know them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always afraid of like, once people are, are close to me, they won't really love me, mm-hmm. but that's not true of God. And it's not true of, of true good Christian community is that you can be known and you can be loved fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think of Romans 8, 1. So now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, And I love verse 2. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And so when I I think about this topic of, of 
um, gosh, if you're just in deep with like sexual sin, we can remember when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive mm, us of our sins yeah. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what first John one ten says. Um, and then once we realize, okay, we, we've confessed our sin. Um, uh, James talks about confessing our sins to brothers and sisters and that gives us healing. And, um, and so we want to be able to do that. But I think then realizing, okay, now that I've confessed that sin, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our identity is in Christ, and we have to realize who we are. And God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. Even when we were still sinning, even when we were dead in our sins, he mm-hmm. sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. So if you're in deep right now and you're like, gosh, there's no way out, or gosh, I could never have a good marriage one day because I'm so deep in, knowing that, okay, I can confess and that, that I'm cleansed. And like God can still redeem us. That one of my favorite things about God is his redemption. Like mm-hmm. he has a redemption plan for the world and he has that for us too. If we confess our sins, if we lean into him, if we realize that the power of sin does not have to control us anymore, yeah. but we have to surround ourselves with community. We have to um, we have to be in God's word and let God's word renew our minds daily. Yeah, and if you're, if you're out there and you're listening and you feel worthless and just used and you like, like Coco said, there is hope that comes from Christ. He can provide you not only freedom, but restoration. Being in the church and being around people and counseling people through the years, we've all had conversation with people that either had had something done to them that they didn't deserve, and they were able to find just peace in the midst of that situation, and they were able to find healing. And we've seen people who have been you know, stuck in this sin, in this area, who have had just freedom and went on to have healthy marriages and healthy lives. And um, that is through the power of God. He has the power to restore and to redeem. My favorite story on this is David in Psalm 51. This is after he's He's made a mess of things. Like things are just as bad as they it, could it be. It doesn't get much, much messier. Than I mean, that. just like to, if, if you yeah. don't know, the picture is, is that he sees a woman and he desires her. He reaches out. She, they sleep together. Uh, she becomes pregnant. Her husband is away at war. He's got to find a way for, for that situation to make sense. So he tries to get the husband to come home and sleep with his wife. So the pregnancy adds up and he, the husband won't. So he sends him back to war and essentially has him killed. I mean, that's exactly what he has done. I mean, the mess that he's made is awful. And and what you see about David is that David doesn't come clean about it. David gets found out by his friend Nathan. And it's it's ugly, it's awful, it's messy, it's it's but some of my favorite things about this story are he's called a man after God's own heart after all of this. Mm-hmm. It, he he was not fully defined by yeah. the magnitude of his sin. So another thing, Nathan was there with him, called him out on it. That's a big deal. But what one of my favorite things is that you see Psalm 51. If you've never read through Psalm 51, it is, it is David yeah, talking so to God about what life looks like now. And he reads through it and says, I know that my sins are ever before me and against you and you alone have I sinned. His sin was against God ultimately. Yeah. Where we sin, like the, the what Logan mentioned earlier in 1 Corinthians 6, our sin, it's against our own body. You might have been sinned against or sinned against. It's a sin against mm-hmm. God. So that's the first thing that needs to be made right. But my, my favorite thing about this, my two favorite things about this, is it says that it's cleanse me with hyssop. That, that's a picture of when a house had leprosy in it, it was unclean. No one was supposed to come in or out of the house. But after the, the illness was gone, 
um, the priests would come in and cleanse it with this soap called hyssop. And when the priests would come in and do that, they would deem the house inhabitable again. And he's saying, make my heart, cleanse it with hyssop. He's saying, make my heart inhabitable again. Just yeah. because you've sinned in a certain way does not mean that you are on a second tier of Christianity, being mm-hmm. loved, loved by God. That's just not mm-hmm. true. The other thing that I love about this is that David uses the phrase like, help me teach others your goodness after this there's this attitude of i mentioned it earlier this sin is so isolating it is so easy to think i'm the only person that's been through this i'm the only person that struggled with this i'm the only person that that has had this issue david probably created a situation that nobody else could have could have created but he's like listen i can teach others how to have hope in christ because of this and i think about the guys that i know especially like we we've seen a lot of small groups come and go the guys that that i know that have transparency about this issue that have a vision for like they want their life to be honoring of God and to be pure they, they set up guardrails around mm-hmm. it so their yeah. group is like man hey ask me about this because this is part of my struggle mm-hmm. and guess what happens the other guys in their group go oh man it's crazy me too they're teaching the other people the goodness of God in this area mm-hmm. sometimes when you struggle with something it's like man why did God let me struggle with this mm-hmm. why why do I have this Bend. Why do I have this in my history? And it's like, sometimes God will, God will give you people that you can help shepherd towards healing because of what you've been through. So it's not the end. It's not, it's not what defines you. Yeah. And I think of like, gosh, this could be a dot on the page versus Man, defining your whole life. Yeah. So, but you, we say to, that again, Coco. That's so good. Yeah. Like I think of just a, a white piece of paper and instead of, you know, you think of your sin being like, gosh, it's the whole paper, but instead it's just, it can be a dot on the page and it doesn't define who you are. If we seek God in this and if we f- seek restoration in this, and if we seek uh, com- godly community to help us and it does not have to own us anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe people out there need to realize that this might be um, right now in their head defining them, but it doesn't have to for forever. God is the God of redemption and hope and healing, and we have to allow him to do the work in our heart that only he can do. Um, so, Yeah, and, and I think it is important that we, I, I want to be kind of direct here and in, in as we finish of like, if you are struggling with pornography and you feel stuck in that, whether you're a guy or a girl, um, you know, and, and obviously sexual immorality is encompassing a lot of sins, but we know that this is in, in our counseling and these things, we know that this is something that comes up a lot. We said this on a previous episode of Open Mic is that don't take this sin into your next season. If you are a guy, you do not want to be struggling with this as a husband. And if you if you're listening, you're in that situation. There can still be like you you can get this. You can you can write the ship with the power of God's help. But like, don't take this sin into the next season. You don't want to enter in like if you're seeking a relationship. You don't want to enter into a relationship with this being a piece of it because it will destroy your future relationship from the inside out. And I just want to encourage you. There's so many resources out there. Um, to help you with this, but really it starts with confession and accountability. But uh, pornography is something that in our culture has just become commonplace, but God definitely doesn't view it as a commonplace, a good thing, not as art, not as anything that is just acceptable. It's something that um, is going to lead to our destruction. And so I would just challenge, if you're out there, you're in this situation, you're struggling with it, talk to somebody about it and start taking it seriously because you do not want this in your next season. 
Yeah, I, th- I think like, you know, we we want to help people to not just deal with their sin, right? Because we can be like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with it. Are you like letting it happen or are you like taking it seriously and are you actively fighting against sin? Mm-hmm. And so we can have like a passive mentality with sin of just like, well, it's there and I hate it, but it's there. Or we can say, no, I'm actively fighting against this. Um, and I think when we do that, like that's that is we have to have an active um, stance on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, so good. Thank you for everything today. I hope that this has been beneficial if you're listening and uh, there is hope and there is joy and there is good on the other side. Have a great day.